0: It's time to step into the more that God has for you. This is Eunice Lai, and I would like to welcome you to today's episode of Beyond the Building with Laura Pereno and Debbie Kiever of the Beyond Women's Conference. Well, welcome back to Beyond the Building. This is Debbie Kiever, and I'm here with Laura Pereno, And Laura, we are in the heat of August. It won't be too long before everybody's going, uh, you know, getting ready for fall and getting ready for some cooler temperatures. But I don't know about you. We have had a nice time enjoying some outdoor sunshine.
1: It has uh, been so nice here, yeah. too. I agree.
0: Is it really sticky in um, is Tennessee?
1: Uh, not yet. It gets a little hot in the afternoon, but really pretty mornings and evenings. So I'm enjoying it, too.
0: Awesome. Awesome. Well, we are... Uh, partway through our month of August, we've been doing a series this month called back to the beginning. And man, we had Darlene uh, who visited us the first week and she was fabulous talking about choosing life. And then we went to the word of God and we looked at Moses and Samson and Josiah, and it's getting back to, uh, God's original design of having the word of God in our lives and knowing what his call is on our lives. So for these two weeks, we're going to be focusing in the book of Genesis. Talk about going way back to the beginning. That's right. <laughs> way I back. In fact, in chapters one and two, you can't go much further than that. <laughs> but this is this is a two-part series on God's design for our lives uh, in, in two p- specific areas. Today, we're going to be looking at Um, God's design for intimacy in our relationship. And then next week, we're going to be looking at specifically, what is God's heart? What is his design for our um, significance and our purpose? And, And that's just, I think these are such concrete foundational principles that if we can really embrace them, boy, it settles a lot of the confusion um, that you can have when you're getting input from many directions. It's important to go back to the Word of God. So today I'm excited to, to jump into this uh, Genesis 1 and 2 to take a look at what is God's heart for intimacy, not only in our relationship with Him, but within each other.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And as we look at the Garden of Eden, I just love, honestly, uh, God's, obviously God's relationship with His people then, His relationship with His people now, and really he desires that same uh, intimate relationship with us today, you know, that he had with Adam and Eve walking and talking, right? We have the opportunity to have that kind of intimate relationship with the Lord. And so as we go really to the back to the beginning, to the very beginning, we're going to see today, uh, you know, what was God's original plan for this design with his creation? And really, how have we moved so far away, Deb, from God's heart? Oh because my goodness. I mean, yep. really, if we look at Adam and Eve versus today, if we look at even, you know, some of the things that happened in the Old Testament versus today, it's like, how did we get to the place where, uh, honestly, sometimes we don't even crave an intimate relationship with the Lord. We don't see that desire to have that kind of relationship with him. It's so crucial and so important. So I'm so excited to talk about this topic today.
0: It's almost like you don't even know that that's what he wants. Mm
1: -hmm. You Mm -hmm. know, I think in many ways
0: what man has done Uh, to the church itself, the definition of the church has made it very sterile in terms of the kind of relationship that God desires. Now, I find this word intimacy can be thrown around all over the place. If you were to Google it, you find many, many, many varieties of definitions. And, but I think there's maybe some common categories that the word intimacy can fall into. I mean, the main definition is going to fall in lines with familiarity or closeness But, but you can have intimacy in different areas of your life. And think of, how about intellectually? When you're like on the same wavelength with somebody, like you just get each other. Mm -hmm. It's the kind of friend that, uh, in the way that you communicate, the way you think and process, this is the friend you could spend hours way into the night talking about anything and everything. (laughs) And that's like your minds are really connected. Then there's the emotional intimacy or closeness with somebody who somebody just really understands the things that you're expressing that you feel. Mm-hmm. And there is this, uh, the sense of closeness, uh, like in a marriage relationship, there's this emotional closeness that develops over time as you build some experiences together in a friendship, you emotionally can become very close when you weather some hard yes. things together yes. and you prove that you really are in it together.
1: Absolutely. And then there's really that intimacy in the spiritual realm. You know, we can have a spiritual bond with somebody else and that creates like a spiritual intimacy. It's very interesting though, because probably, um, the last thing we think about when we hear the word intimacy in this day and age is like spirituality. Um, but if we believe that God wants us to love each other, then it makes sense that we're going to have that spiritual bond. And Deb I keep going back to the beginning with you and me and, uh, these podcasts and all these episodes, because it was just a spiritual bond. I mean, really we knew each other in college. There's an emotional closeness and intellectual intimacy, but it's interesting that God has brought us to this place of a spiritual bond, right? That wants to just constantly talk about the word of God and constantly stay connected in that way. And so when you get these deep relationships with people that are based on that spiritual intimacy, um, it just goes to the next level, and that's yep. what we can have that intimacy with God, right? On a spiritual level, it's a spiritual bond. So many times when we hear the word intimacy, we think about you know sexual expression or the physical relationship that we would have with a husband or a wife. But really, intimacy or being intimate, um, intimate is the root of the word intimacy. And so we have to ask ourselves, you know, what does the word intimate mean, you know, it, it doesn't mean just a physical relationship. There is a difference between having a physical relationship and being
0: intimate. I mean, think about it. You can be in a, a marriage and be having a sexual relationship, but lack intimacy. Yep. And you can have intimacy in a marriage relationship if sex is something that you can't have.
1: Yeah, that's absolutely right.
0: You know, so that's intimacy right. has got to be something more than the physical. And unfortunately, I think culture just throws so much of intimacy is, is sex and they're not the same thing. Yep. You know, intimacy is much different. Have you ever heard the definition, Laura? Um, intimacy is into me, you see.
1: Have you ever? <laughs> yeah, I have actually. Yeah. You know, it's kind of a while, been a yeah. catch thing for a yeah. while. Yeah. But it,
0: but there's a lot of truth to that. Yep. Into me You see, it's like learning how to be real with somebody, letting your walls down, or we might say it this way, taking off the masks and and letting somebody see what your strengths are and and what your weaknesses, that's, I don't know about you, but that takes a little bit of time for people to be comfortable to do that.
1: It does, and it's not an easy thing for everyone to do, really to take your mask off and let people see who we really are. because when we're allowing people to see who we really are, we're not not, uh, deciding just what parts they get to see, right? We're showing uh, people maybe where our struggles are. We're showing them the things that uh, make us tick, right? And sometimes uh, we have a hard time struggling to develop that kind of openness. And I think that's all because that kind of intimacy, that kind of relationship requires trusting someone and trust takes time to develop that relationship, right? We don't want to just go out there and and bear our souls or our emotions or our hearts or our spirits to just anyone. Uh, It does take time to develop that trust and that closeness. Um, We open up the past to other people and we talk about our dreams for the future and sometimes uh, wounds get revealed or Mm -hmm. places in our hearts that are broken it all goes back to that whole thing, like, what are you going to post on Facebook, right, or on social media? The things that we post on Facebook or social media are not those things that we're going to reveal to somebody that we're just in that intimate relationship with. Those things are kind of hidden and secret, and we only open up those parts of our, our hearts and
0: our soul to a few. It's hard when somebody, you've taken that courageous step and put something out there and somebody criticizes you or speaks about you or mocks you almost picture it like the little turtle that's sticking its head out of the shell and gets whopped it's mm. pulled back into the shell and be like i'm just gonna stay safely by myself in this hard shell well they're very safe but they're very isolated and i think a lot of times when when especially when you're a child when you're younger and you're learning about trusting somebody and and somebody has uh, lied to you or let you down, especially when it's somebody in the family who should know better, somebody whose responsibility is to teach you that you can trust. Uh, and and what happens is you get hurt, and there's this inner vow that we find ourselves making: like I will never trust somebody again. I will never love somebody. I will never put my heart out there. I learned that the hard way, and so I and they make this pledge. They're not going to mm-hmm. ever open up again. And then they become an adult and they want to open up, but they get, it's like, you have that, you have that track record where you start getting close to somebody and then the walls go up yep. and you're like, I don't know why I just can't break through that.
1: Yep. Absolutely. You know, like, I feel
0: like I'm just stuck right there. So yep. it's, it's that protective wall against those who are evil, but unfortunately you're also keeping some amazing friends out who yes. could be great friends
1: yes yes i have this picture in my mind as you're speaking uh about this and have you ever seen the picture i don't know there's something called the human bubble ball
0: yes, it's yes. Where,
1: yeah so people i don't know if it's labeled an extreme sport or what who knows or maybe it's just something as seen on tv kind of thing but it's an outdoor game that's come over through the past couple of years and you literally stand inside of this giant plastic Uh, bubble. You can see through it. Yeah. Yeah. You can see through it. It's it's clear. You can see there's somebody inside the bubble and you're playing soccer perhaps with the bubble ball. And it keeps people from connecting with someone else. And I just have to laugh because I wonder if, you know, this was probably a big seller if it was permitted during COVID, COVID. right? (laughs) You can still play soccer, but you're not gonna touch anybody else. So you definitely, I mean, if you can picture it, you definitely have at least six feet between you of bubble ball between the two of you as you're playing. But really, you know, jokes aside, we have a, a community of people, a world full of people and maybe even families full of people who, Um, we long to belong, right? We long to connect with uh, each other. Um, but we're so afraid to be vulnerable with one another that even though we may physically be together, it's kind of like we're in that human bubble ball and we've just put this, uh, plastic, you know, ball around ourselves and we've blown it up and we're not going to allow people to come in. We're not going to allow people to access us they can see us through the bubble ball right and we can see them like we can see what we're exposing on the outside but we are just afraid people are just afraid to let others know who we really are or to let anybody else into our space
0: that would expose those um, vulnerable and broken parts it makes you wonder why is there such a tug of war between this this craving for i want to i want to be known for who I really am. Honestly, I want to know who I really am. Right. Mm -hmm. And that's what we're going to talk about um, next week with identity, you know, more of your identity and your significance, but we crave wanting to be known and we really want to know other people, but that fear comes in the way. So why is that so prevalent today? And is this God's heart? Is this what he wants for us? We have to go back to the beginning. Mm -hmm. Everything goes back to the beginning. What was God's design? for intimacy, as seen in his perfect creation, which was the Garden of Eden. That's where you find what his design was. And he created us, ultimately, for intimacy with him first, and then Adam and Eve with one another. It's in our DNA. Mm-hmm. Like, he he created that in us so that he would meet the need. Yep. And you think, well, wh- where did it get screwed up? Where Where was the problem? Well, once again, when sin enters the picture, sin works to destroy anything that God has created. So sin, you know, Adam and Eve sinned and they disobeyed and they ate the apple or the fruit rather that, that, and that produced a wedge between them and that intimate relationship, um, that God had created them for. So we're going to go back today and look at Genesis. What was God's heart for intimacy and what was it like? And then what happened where there was a you know how did it get destroyed and then ultimately how does god bring it back full circle so that we today can have that intimate relationship with him
1: you know you just said debbie that our first um you know god designed us created us to be intimate with him first This is such, I mean, clearly we're going back to the beginning. This is such a foundational teaching and yet it is not something that gets out there, right? We are craving intimacy and the answer is right here in the very first chapters of the Bible and is right there for us to see. And yet so often we just, we miss it or we've never heard it, but Genesis two, you know, in Genesis one, God creates the world. He calls it all good in Genesis two, uh, God creates everything. Adam after he has finished creating the rest of the world and he created Adam intimately he created every part right when he created Adam intimately he created his body he created his emotions he created his mind he created his will we often say that we are made in the image of God and that goes so deep. It is, it is all of these parts, right? Because our God, you know, is a God of emotions and and the will and the mind. And so he creates us in his image intimately. It's just like a fashioning, a, a fine Potter fashioning, this amazing, amazing piece of artwork. And he knows every single piece of it. And he uses a definition of intimacy when he is doing this creation. God, was highly familiar. The definition of intimacy that we look at, God was highly familiar with every part of Adam. He didn't just uh, create someone that he didn't know every detail about. He was highly familiar. He was intimate with that creation when he created adam and then we can skip up to psalm 139 and and how many times have we quoted the scripture actually even on this podcast because psalm 30 uh, 139 talks about god creating his creation right david's talking and and he talks about being woven together in our mother's womb what an intimate understanding of the one that he is creating I just think about the the mother while the, the child is being intimately created inside of her womb. The mother doesn't have that kind of infamous, infamous, intimacy with the child, mm-hmm. right? It's God weaving us together in our mother's womb and then knowing all of the days that he has prepared for us before even one came to be it's this uh, full relationship it's this intimate relationship and I can just imagine the joy it brings to him as he intimately creates the one that he desires to have an intimate relationship with
0: he creates Adam and Eve but then he doesn't just watch them they're in the garden of Eden. He actually walks with them. Mm. I mean, just, it says now this is after in Genesis 3, 8, this is after we read that Adam and Eve have eaten the fruit that God told not to eat. It says that, that Adam heard God walking in the cool of the day in Mm. the garden. I mean, you read that, right? This is what God did. He (laughs) he created Adam and Eve and he would walk in the, in the garden. Mm that's just like mm. how do, how does that look how does mm. we can't even picture what that looks like
1: yeah debbie you and i both are people who walk with people yes and not only do we walk because we like exercise but when you walk with somebody you really get to know them oh right? you're There's, talking you're you talking. talk the whole time and the talk goes deep yeah so what a great scripture you just read that god walked with his people in the garden you know yeah
0: yeah, when people say, well, God is like up there somewhere floating mm. in the sky and he's not personal, his heart, go back to his design, his heart is that there is this awareness that he's literally walking with you. Yes. Now, now we know, you know, we're going to talk later about it. We know that through the person of the Holy Spirit who lives inside of the believer, that's how he's walking with you, God within you. But Adam and Eve literally walked the garden mm. and that was God's heart. He wanted to be relevant. He wanted to be approachable. He wanted to be in conversation as they're walking. I, that just blows, that just yeah. blows my mind. So here we have, um, it prior to their disobedience, right? Let's go back to the, the relationship. They're doing life with God in the garden. It says in chapter 225, this is just another observation that we just can't wrap our head around. It says, Adam and Eve were naked and they felt no shame. Mm -hmm. Like, naked wasn't really a word. Yeah, right. Right? Like, they just didn't really, that was not a concept. Right. I mean, even even you and I can laugh about that sentence because we're like, oh, gosh, we wouldn't walk anywhere like that. And if we did, we absolutely would be embarrassed, right? Right. But it was something they had never experienced before so this complete safety yeah in the presence of god that there was nothing that would be embarrassing not no reason to feel fear that they were naked
1: absolutely they had no reason to feel any shame because in god's design there was no reason to feel shame or to be embarrassed no fear of being vulnerable because God had created an emotionally safe environment for his people. Like he had created a safe place to walk with his people where they could, uh, have that, that walking relationship, that talking relationship. And Adam and Eve could say anything they wanted to God, right? And not be afraid that he was going to turn them down or reject them or that they would feel shame in God's design for intimacy with himself and of course we're created in his image so god's design for intimacy for us to have with each other his design is that there will be no room for fear or insecurities in the relationships that he has allowed us to have uh in our relationship with god our intimate relationship with god we are fully known and fully accepted and the relationship that he wants us to have with each other is that we would be fully known Fully accept it, and that we
0: would also know
1: and fully accept.
0: I think you can hear those words, but there's just so much a piece of us that goes. I cannot imagine what that feels like.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And you're like, well, why? Why is it so different for us these days? Well, think how many centuries have gone by since sin entered that picture. Sin corrupted that, yep. you know, and and over time. As sin became more prevalent and, and more the reigning um, uh, focus, maybe in 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 people's hearts, it just moves further and further away from the truth. And that's why we called this back to the beginning. Because when you start saying, "Why does God let this happen? Is this what God wants? Are mm-hmm. these bad things from God?" You got to go back to the beginning and and see God's heart. Like back to the garden, that was His design. That's His desire sin changed all of that so you go back to Genesis 3 back in 8 they they are have already taken a bite of the forbidden fruit and now Adam Adam and Eve hear God walking in the garden and they hid from him in the trees it's like as if that really could hide you right? right and the Lord pursues them and he says where are you and Adam answers, I heard you in the garden, mm. but I was afraid because I was naked. Mm. So I hid." and I love God's answer. Who told you that you were naked? <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Where did that come from? Where did right. you make up that word? Oh,
1: oh my goodness. I, the conversation. Well, as you continue to read in Genesis, uh, you know, the consequences for that act of disobedience. It is is so sad because the, the consequence was that they lost that intimacy with God. And they also lost that intimacy with each other. You know, that place that was designed for perfect intimacy, for perfect relationship, for being known. They had to leave that place. They had to leave the garden. And for the very first time in their lives, they experienced a barrier between them and their creator, Deb. Like, what just even saying that what it does change. It doesn't it just breaks my heart it just breaks my heart for them to think they had walked and talked with god and then all of a sudden they're not in the garden anymore and oh man what a what a heartbreaking experience that must have been um and so centuries go by and you know mankind continues to cry out for intimacy you know all throughout the word people long to know what their identity and purpose is we see it all through the old testament we see it all through the new testament people are crying out longing to know
0: others and longing to be known it's that that desire he's placed within us uh to for that intimacy that understanding you know that that sin also opened up a whole new other package of negative emotions you know suddenly they're blaming each other
1: yes right they're yes. finger pointing
0: they're they're experiencing shame they're afraid yes. of the one that they had just walked so freely with uh, anxiety, insecurity. I mean, all those negative emotions came from that uh, sin entering the garden. But the good news of the gospel is that Jesus came to earth to die in our place, to pay that penalty for our sin. And, And when we believe and receive Jesus as our savior, it restores that relationship with our creator once again
1: amen i mean what uh what a story and what a truth right that believing in and receiving jesus as our our lord and savior restores our opportunity to really know our heavenly father in that intimate relationship we can go back to the beginning and yet God is planning an even greater thing right we can have that intimacy where we can know him as he fully knows us he already knows everything about us just like he did Adam and Eve he already knew where they were when they were hiding but we get to be in that relationship with him so that we get to know him more we get to have that intimate relationship with him
0: You know, Laura, I think back in the 20s, my 20s, where I, I was very preoccupied with what people thought about me. Uh, It was an overwhelming kind of emotion. Um, I wasn't feeling secure. I I think of uh, that, that place, that's where God met me. And he began Mm. to speak the truth about how he felt about Mm. me. And the more I embraced the truth, the less those negative emotions had power Mm. in my life. That's right. It's not like I just woke up one day and said, oh, now I know the truth and I have no more issues. It was like the more I began to just fill, it's like filling my heart with truth statements from the word of God. It pushes out the negative relationships.
1: Amen. That's right. That's right. So we're in this relationship, we can be brought into this relationship where we have an intimate relationship with him where we can be known and as he fully also knows us and we get to be part of the family of God, which what does that mean? That same intimate relationship that Adam and Eve were walking in, and yet they lost that relationship with each other spiritually, emotionally, you know, intellectually. Now that can all be restored as well between us. Yeah. And so we can walk in the way that God created us for and we can be real with each other. We can learn to trust again because we are in the family of God and the family of God is, and should be a safe place, right? God created it to be safe and we are to be in that place in a safe way.
0: But we know that families are not always nice to each other. This is true, (laughs) right? And because we're human, we're not always nice and other people are not always nice to us. So when you experience some rejection, whether it's from just somebody who's out there or somebody who's in the family of God. And they, they say something that's insensitive, that hurts your feelings, puts you down. You, you have to forgive them, but then you run back to, okay, I may experience some rejection here, but my father doesn't reject me.
1: That's right. Amen. Amen. But there's just the answer for every relationship that we have, right? Is here in Genesis one, two, we get to see that God created us to be intimate with himself intimate with each other and to have that very very special relationship so as we wrap up today we just wanted to thank you for being here connect with us next week because we're going to continue this conversation taking it from the intimacy we can have with god our father and each other and rolling it into the fact that we were created for a purpose we were created for significance with all goes to Genesis as well. All goes back to the beginning. Yep. So for Debbie Kiever, I'm Laura pereno We are so glad that you were with us today. If this has encouraged you, please share it. If you need to contact us, it's Conference at gmail.com. We love you. We're praying for you and pray you have a great day. God bless you. Take care.
0: We believe that God will use what was shared to encourage you as you step into the more that he has prepared for you today. Thank you for joining us. Until next time, remember, you were created for more.